What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the All About the Birds weekly report here on the AAT Sports Network. I am one of your hosts, Chip Keggy at Chip for the Birds, joined by Johnny U at Johnny U9322. And we have JC Allen joining us tonight at JC Allen NFL. Let me tell you a little bit about JC Allen before we let the man talk. He is a Bucks beat writer for the pewterreport.com, and he is a New England transplant who is very well acquainted with Sir Tom Brady. He likes barbecue and he likes whiskey as well. JC, what's going on? Thanks for joining us. Absolutely, guys. Happy to be here. Going to be a great matchup. Really excited for it. I don't think it's going to be the blowout some Eagles fans think it's going to be. Thursday night games are always, let's call them what they are, weird games. You know, you never They're really weird, know yeah. what's yeah. going to happen any given Thursday, I guess. Uh, so, but definitely excited to get into it, break down this team, break down this matchup, because uh, you know, there's quite a bit of history between these two teams. Just a smidge. So, again, what we've been doing is we've been bringing on writers and podcasters and people associated with each of the teams we've been going up against. So, JC, we're going to pepper you with some questions to give us a glimpse into the champs. Um, So, right away, I want to know, last season you you get Tom Brady to join your your squad. um, And you took a couple weeks to kind of get into it. And then you were unstoppable and won a Super Bowl, as Tom Brady tends to do. What is the difference this year? Is there a difference? Because they brought back almost every single starter. What? Tell me what the difference is between the two teams. Yeah, so last year was a, a crazy year because of the pandemic, as we know. A truncated offseason, no mini camps, no real training camp, no preseason games. So it was it was learn, you know, as you go. It was thrown into the fire, and they were still developing those relationships, and Tom Brady was still learning the playbook all the way up until week 12, that week 13 bye week. Uh, Tom Brady has learned from the best and Bill Belichick, and, you know, football starts after Thanksgiving. And with them having such a late bye week, it was instrumental to their run. Won eight games in a row after the bye week, all the way to the Super Bowl. Won that game, two games to start the season, uh, ten games in a row, so – you know, I think what happened throughout this offseason, they brought everybody back, obviously. You know, all 22 starters on offense, on defense, added a piece like Giovanni Bernard, a piece like Joe Tryon-Schoenka in the draft. Um, and, and they had that time. They had that mini camp. They had that, you know, uh, Brady camp where he had a bunch of guys working <laughs> out with him. Uh, they had a full preseason. They had training camp. And they really right. were able to you know, kind of get it going. Tom Brady knew the entire playbook coming in. Uh, you know, his feet were wet, you know, with Gronk. He was acclimated to the weather. Uh, his his football legs were running him, and, and you saw them get off to a pretty good start offensively right away. Um, so I, I think the difference is this year is just being on the same page with your wide receivers, being in the same page with Byron Leftwich, knowing the playbook, knowing each other, because a quarterback and an offensive coordinator's relationship is one of the most important relationships on the field other than – his, his wide receivers, um, you know, who are actually catching the balls. You got to know what your quarterback wants. Right. You're going to call him in situations. And I think that's now jumped to the level where Tom Brady is now 15 touchdowns, two interceptions, leads, leads the entire league in passing yards. And I, I think that's big with, with Brady, but I, the one thing is injuries I want to talk to you about. And I know Brady has his little thing. I'm not going to worry about that, but the defensive side of the ball. How yeah. can you – you know, you look at Devontae David, no Murphy Bunning, no Carlton Davis, Antoine Winfield's not playing this game. The secondary is pretty beat up. What's the take out there on the injury situation? Yeah, it's it's definitely, you know, um, you have one position group that secondary hits so hard. 
it's tough to overcome. And, and they lost Jamel Dean too. He just returned last week, so he was out. So at for one at one point in time, you were missing you know four of your starters, and the only guy who was the starter out there that started the season was Jordan Whitehead for him. Um, so you know they you know missing all those guys has been a difficult transition you bring a guy like Richard Sherman up the street give him three days of practice throw him out there up in the pouring rain you know 60 degree weather in New England and say here play 59 58 or 59 snaps on defense you bring a guy like Pierre Desir off the street who was with the practice squad promote him and you know, say here play this D Delaney who's never seen defensive snaps in the league you say here you know you got to play now Rashad Robinson a guy off the street bring him on the practice squad elevate him and say hey we're going to need you if you need to Ross Cockrell takes a big step in a guy who's been a you know break glass in case of emergency. Mike Edwards never really started a game. And, you know, now he's starting, you know, other than injury, now he's starting again because of injury. And he, you know, he was an asset week two playing that nickel position. So, yeah, you've got injuries all over that secondary. And, you know, it, it comes to the coaching staff and putting them in the right decision uh, positions to succeed. The problem with that, too, is they're kind of being exposed because teams mm-hmm. can't run the ball against the Bucks, so if you can't run the ball, right. one number one run defense again, holding teams to less than uh, I believe it's less than forty five yard forty five point eight yards a game. Um, you know they have to pass the ball, which is putting extra scrutiny on these cornerbacks. And uh, you know Jamel Dean came back; he struggled with one play, which was ended up being a touchdown to Miles Gaskin on a, on a uh, post wheel route. And uh, other than that, he got an interception, played well. Rashad, uh, Richard Sherman getting his legs back underneath him. Uh, Ross Cockrell played pretty well on Jalen Waddle. That was a big matchup to watch, and he handled him. Uh, so it's just mentality as a team. Uh, Sean Murphy Bunting still a couple weeks away. Carlton Davis a couple weeks away. And they're going to have to adapt and do what the best they can. Losing Levante Davis huge because he's one of the best cover linebackers in football, one of the most underrated linebackers in all of football over the past 10 years. Um but, you know, Kevin Minter, your next man up. So you're going to have to have him step up, maybe see a little bit of Grant Stewart or or K.J. Britt, their rookies of the draft of this year. Devin White's going to have to step up. He's struggled in coverage so far. But the biggest thing is tackling. I mean, you got to tackle. I mean, you, you, right. that's been the biggest problem for this Bucks team is is tackling. They've, they're last in the league in yards after catch. And part of the reason why that pass defense, not just injuries or the corners, is because they're not tackling. And – uh, you look at where the yards per attempt per per catch is. It's in the middle of the pack. It's I believe it's seven seven point three seven point nine. That might have changed uh, since the Miami game, but you know they're not letting up passes down the field. They only have five passes down the field of 20, 20 yards or more, but they've let up over twenty plays of twenty yards down the field or more because of the yards after catch and not being able to tackle. So that's something that the that secondary definitely needs to work on. And, and I think it's that- I think it's interesting though. I got I say this. I think it's interesting that you mentioned the run game being something that you guys are so good at because you're not going to be able to show your strength this week. The Philadelphia Eagles do not run the football like at they all. Don't stop it either. What's that? They don't stop it either. No, no, we don't. I'm sorry, John. I just wanted to say that. No, the 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 other thing is what he said was the yards after the catch because the Bucks and the Eagles are the two top teams in a league. Uh, I think they're one two or. Uh, their top three in yards after catch. So, and that's something, you know, the Eagles have, you know, done really well this year. So that could be, you know, work to their strength. But, I, you know, looking at – the problem is you look at Tampa and you look at the secondary and you think, wow, we can pass on these guys. And, oh, they, their secondary is, you know, really beat up. The problem is the Eagles do that every week. It doesn't yeah. matter if there's, you know, good secondary or not. It just seems like they just pass the ball and it's just, you know, it 
it hurts to to see that. You know, if I, it hurts to see that Jalen hurts, but um, you know, I, it, you're not gonna be able to run the ball on this defense. But the thing is, if you drop back and pass, they their pass rush is so dangerous with Barrett and with JPP and Tryon. You have all these guys that can rush the passer. So and they do like the blitz as well. I think they're the yeah. most the team that blitzes the most. Correct. And Eagles are the least blitz team. So it's it, it you know there's a the thing with that, yeah, you, you can pass the ball because the secondary is not the best. But again, if they're getting home to the quarterback, it doesn't really matter who's in the secondary. Right. I think one thing that will help the Bucks this week is getting Jamel Dean back because there's a lot of speed. Devontae Smith, Jalen Rager, uh, whoever draws that matchup, means uh, not on. Um, they could struggle uh, because Richard Sherman, he's, he's definitely lost a step. Ross Cockrell's not the fastest. Now there's Pierre Desir. So I think that's kind of what you're going to look at. And look for them to use the same tactic that Miami and New England did. And uh, quite frankly, the Tom Brady tactic. You know, when you struggle with a, without a running game or, or you can't get the ball going, you utilize your backs in certain situations with real, wheel routes, post-wheel routes, a lot of screens, passes over the middle, uh, target guys like Devin White, who's kind of regressed in coverage, Kevin Minter, who just mm – -hmm can't keep up with that so that's what i think uh you know that this team will do against the, this bucks defense is is use those running backs in the passing game as an extension of the run game and target the places where you can target hit those underneath routes on the linebackers and make your guys you know make the the, the secondary tackle and you know that's how you that's how you can move the ball on on this bucks team is yards at the catch you mentioned the defense one thing about the defense, it is, it's a vaunted, you know, you look at Shaq Barrett, Joe Tryon-Stroinka, who kind of burst on the scene as a rookie already. The Rams played in the Rams game as a starter. They had to alter their whole game plan to make sure they were chipping him so that he wasn't getting, you know, free. Vita Bay and Milan Kasu, Jason Pierre-Paul, even with a club on his hand, it's still effective. William Golston, who's turned it on, really. And, and Devin White still can blitz and, and come after you, too. But the problem is that, with this team, sometimes they can play a little bit too eager for a sack. And mm -hmm. last week you saw them not be able to bring down a guy like Jacoby Brissett because of the way he's built. But Jacoby Brissett doesn't have the speed Jalen Hurts has. Some of those plays that Jacoby Brissett had to get rid of the ball, couldn't turn the corner, well, Jalen Hurts is going to make those plays. So they're going to have to be very disciplined when they're sending the rush, when they're sending the blitz, because the last thing you want to do is have um, you know Jalen Hurts extend plays with his legs because he's undisciplined as a rusher. So it's going to be interesting to see how they deploy those blitzes, how they, you know, deploy the guy, especially a young guy like Joe Trinshrinka. Can he stay in his lanes? Can he play both the blitz and the run at the same time? So it's going to be interesting to see what they do on defense to utilize that pass rush that they have. Well, speaking about the offense, you know, you mentioned Tom Brady. We're still talking injuries here. So what is the status of Tom Brady's injury to his, to his injured hand? And uh, as Adam says, you know, Gronk is still out. So what are you hearing about, you know, a tight end that would do severe damage to this Eagles team if he was playing? You know, Brady, I think is fine. It's sore. You know, it's going to be sore. But, I mean, you guys see what he did last week after he hurt the, the finger in the game, three touchdowns, 100-some-odd yards. You know, he's uh, he, he's a different – he's not human. Let's just face it. This no, he's bad. not. He's not. Whatever he has, I want. I mean, it, it show, it's funny. You see the picture of him. When he's like when he first came in the league, and now like I've never seen someone get more good looking as they get older and older in age. He's just not a human being. Um, but you know, I think he'll be fine. The thing with Gronk, yeah, it hurts. The biggest thing about Gronk not playing this game that hurts for Bucks, uh, for the Bucks is they instead of putting him in IR and missing three games, they cut Cleo uh, Davis, their sixth round draft pick last mm -hmm. week, tackle who you know has a rare blend of size and speed. 
And that's the biggest thing that hurts about not having Gronk. Right. The offense will be fine. OJ Howard, you know, you lose a certain aspect to your game when you have Gronk there in the blocking game. Expect to see Josh Wells out there more than anybody wants to see him out there as that jumbo tight end uh, blocking. But I think OJ Howard, this is a game. This is the game that he needs to step up. And be and make the most of all of his opportunities. He needs to win his one on ones. He needs to, you know, win his double team. He needs to do whatever he can to make sure that Brady is. He needs to be in the zone. He needs to have a game. He needs to be the guy because, uh, you know, he, he outsnapped Cam Brait last week. Um, Cam Brait outsnapped him the week before. But this is a guy who, you know, is a first round pick, hasn't lived up to expectations, has been injured throughout his career uh, and has gone off to a slow start. He needs to have a ga the game of his life because Gronk's coming back next week, most likely after this mini buy that they have after the Thursday night game. And he's going to be back as a starter. So, you know, if OJ's going to go, I'm not confident he will. But if he's going to, he's got to it's got to be today. I mean, tomorrow. It's got to be tomorrow that he's got the game of his life and, that you know, he really takes advantage of it. A lot of Bucks fans are. You know, they're really – O.J. Howard needs to show out because, you know, you drafted him high. When he came in the league, you thought he was going to be the next, you know, prolific tight end, you know, a weapon on the offensive side of the ball, and it just – he has not lived up to it. And a big reason that, you know, Cameron Brait and then, you know, Gronkowski, you know, he's kind of like left in the wind, and there's been trade talk, I guess. But the feeling with him, and you hear with Bucks, you know, Bucks Twitter, and you know, Bucks fans all over, is just – he's just – he hasn't lived to his potential, and it's frustrating because we have a a, a plethora of guys that have not. Yeah, which which their... which one, Johnny? Do you want to bring up? There's there's too many. <laughs> there's too many of the name, but I just feel like hopefully this isn't the game. Hopefully it's you know maybe the next week or something. I don't want to be against <laughs> the Eagles, but um, no, I, I I can see the frustration on you know you you know talking about him and then just hoping he makes that next step. But what other players? I can just say an X factor. You, know, you can go on the defensive side of the ball because the offensive side, they have so many X factors. You talk about right. all the receivers and all the weapons that they have. Who would you say be an X factor for this game for the Bucs? Well, I, I think you, you you go to the receiving core. You know, this this uh, this uh, Philly defense is third in the league right now. We're only letting up 194 yards. They're doing pretty well in the passing game, unless your name's Tyree Kill. Um, you know, they've, they've done pretty well stopping you know, to say, okay, you know, we're going to take away Amari Cooper to an extent, Venus with Schultz, or, you know, those are the two big offensive outputting games that they've allowed. Um, you know, I think they can, you know, they're going to try to stop Mike Evans. They're going to try to stop Chris Godwin, which is going to put their third cornerback on Antonio Brown. And unfortunately, Antonio Brown has looked oh, like God. one of the best wide receivers in football right now. And Bruce Arians said it said it uh, recently in this press conference. He goes, you know, they're going to try to take away Mike. They're going to try to take away Godwin. And then that puts Brown on your third best corner. And, you know, we're going to come after him all day. So they better be ready. And, and that's exactly what I think the Bucks will do is continue to use, use that Antonio Brown mismatch on anyone's third corner because no one's as good uh, as, you know, Antonio Brown can be. He's just – he's looked like Antonio Brown from, from, from the Steelers when he was on the top of his game. Uh, this is a guy who's just been absolutely a stud for this Buccaneers team, continues to be. And, you know, if they go with Maddox on him, he's, he's going to it's going to be a long day for him. I, I want to point out that you started this segment with us by saying, oh, it could be a good it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a lot closer than people think. Weird things happen on Thursday. And then you say that Avante Maddox is going to spend the evening covering Antonio Brown. And um, that. That that's going to be for a very ugly game, and I, I don't appreciate you giving me even hope for a split second 
for only the end for them for you to say that that's that's what we call uncool um <laughs> so rude rude uh but moving forward so look re, we know that repeating as champs i want to kind of go bigger picture here in your opinion in your estimation based on what you've seen looking at the entire nfl because it's not just the nfc not just the afc can the tampa bay bucks repeat as champs this year and who is their biggest obstacle you can say the Philadelphia Eagles, but I'm not going to tell you it's true. <laughs> you know, I, I think they can, and I think the biggest obstacle is themselves. I think we've seen that throughout the throughout the season so far. Penalties have been really adding up for them. Uh, you know, it, as a Philadelphia fan, you can relate to penalties really hurting your club. I mean, seven or or yeah, seven false. I'm sorry, nine false starts penalties. Is just unacceptable. The the Buccaneers are tied for a second in the league in penalties. They're with 40. They're they're you know tied for or they rather they have third in the league in penalty yards. Um, you know m- mental mistakes and errors playing out of position. Last week Miles Gaskin scored a touchdown because Jamel Dean mm-hmm. uh, left his zone and co- left his his zone and in, in, in zone coverage and uh, put JPP up against Miles Gaskin. JPP with a club, <laughs> running a post wheel route. Uh, so I think they got to beat themselves. If you look at the NFC, I think the NFC West is probably one of the conferences that have you know obviously great teams. But the problem with the NFC West is they have to play the NFC West. <laughs> so, right. You know, beat these teams other. are going to beat up on each other all year. And by the time they make it to playoffs, how healthy are they going to be? How banged up are they? You know how you know, everyone's playing hurt and injured at that that point, but these are some teams that really hate each other. So I think, you know, that that's going to be difficult for them looking at green Bay, you know, still same old problem. You got Devontae Adams and who else is going to be the X factor there, you know, looking in your division, uh, the Cowboys, you know, the Deezes started playing a little bit better, but um, you know, it's still the Cowboys. They seem to always do Cowboys things, you know, Fitz magic is gone. So Washington's out of the picture. Mm-hmm. Billy's got an opportunity to step up. Uh, Saquon Barkley and the Giants. I mean, so really, there's um, there looking at the landscape of the NFC, it's it's definitely doable. I I feel especially with the schedule they have down the road. I mean, Bucks still have a very favorable schedule um, with with some really easy matchups. Uh, you know, nothing's easy, but easy matchups on paper down the road. They get the Jets. So I mean, enough said. Um, but I, I think that they they can definitely end up you know finishing this season you know with four loss twelve you know four losses maybe and, and the number one seed you know in the uh, in the entire conference I I wouldn't be surprised if they only lost one more game to be honest. Wow. And the Chiefs the Chiefs have taken a giant step back which I predicted. Yeah. <laughs> they are not oh, the same team. They don't have a defense. That's their issue. That's the problem. Their defense is given on, up on offensive line, and yeah. you know, you don't do you got Nick Bolton in the second round. Congratulations, you moved Chris Jones to defensive end. Defense is fixed. No, <laughs> but whether that's yeah. a story for another time, <laughs> but it was not. So, look, I know we, we only have you for a couple more minutes. Um, let me ask you this mm-hmm. Do you think that the Eagles can pull this off? And if they were going to, what's going to be the reason that it happens? Yeah, definitely. Like I said, I don't think this is a blowout in any way. I'll give you my prediction after this. Um, and, and kind of already what I what I talked about, using that 
those running backs as an extension of the run game through the passing game. Miles Sanders is going to have to be attacking those middle linebackers with whatever tight end you got, you know, or crossing routes under the middle and allowing those players to really get that yards after catch uh, and banking on the fact that this Buccaneers team has struggled in ta- with tackling and, and uh, hoping that they're going to do the same thing hoping that they're going to beat themselves. Um, you know, using Jalen Hurts and his ability uh, to move with the ball in his hands and get the ball down the field, uh, targeting those, those favorable matchups with the cornerbacks on the wide receivers. Uh, like I said, I don't, I don't think this is this is a game that the Bucks lose, but it is a game that I circled early on in the schedule and saying, okay. oh, crap, this is a game I'm worried about. First of all, the Bucks struggled in primetime going all the way back to last year. Obviously, the playoffs and Super Bowl is one thing, but – you know, they struggled in primetime last year. Everyone remembers that Thursday night game, right? You know, how many downs is there? Um, yeah. And they're four and eight all time in, on Thursday night games. They have, a, for some reason, Thursday night games are just difficult for them. They've been difficult for Brady in his history as well. Um, but I think this Eagles team is a lot better than their two and three record really kind of boasts. Uh, you know, they, they gave up high scoring outputs to the uh, the Chiefs and the Cowboys, but they were in that they were in that game with the Chiefs for a while before Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes things, you know. Um, but I I think you know using those using that running back and using um, the the tight ends and and you know you got to get the yak, you got to make a miss and you got to be able to yeah. get down the field. I think that's going to be the biggest thing because you're not going to be able to run the ball. Most likely, you know. I mean, let's just call it what it is. Well, and we're not going to. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to even try. Yeah, so, you know, I think, you know, the Bucks they're going to have to have strong tackling, not give up the yards after catch, mental errors, and it's going to be huge for them to win it. Everyone knows the disadvantage that a travel team has on a short week. Uh, they're going to be doing their walkthrough in the hotel ballroom instead of at the practice field. You know, they're making the short trip. They're banged up. Uh, they're not in their own place, you know, for, uh, sleeping in their own bed. They're not getting that extra time at the facility to sit in the ice tub and sit in the, the hot tub and have the trainers work on them. They've got that extra travel day and everything like that. So, you know, that those all do play in the home team favor. But I think they should be able to do enough to win a close one in Philly. You know, the silver lining after this is that, hey, we got this mini buy, 10 days off. Players are coming back. Gronk is coming back. Antoine Winfield should be out of concussion protocol. We'll see about Sean Murphy bunting. Probably not. So this is a game that you kind of just got to go out there, give it your best, and win. But I and I and I think the Bucks do twenty four to twenty. Wow, you have a very close game. Yeah. I, I I would enjoy a close game. I I feel for myself as we're getting ready on our end to make our predictions. I, I don't see it going that way. Um, but you make a good case for a lot of different reasons why it could break the Eagles way. Um, so I, I, I like that thinking, uh, Johnny, do you want to explain? Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. (laughs) Johnny, do you want to explain to him the, you like a lock idea and see if he has anything golden to give us? All right. So we do a segment on here. It's called the, you like a lock. So basically it's, it could be any game. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't pertain, just just pertain to this game. It could be across the whole, the whole, um, week slate. So you pick something that you think is definitely going to happen. Um, you know, it could be anything. So something that you, you're going to pencil down and say, this is exactly what's going to happen. And, and basically that's, that's, that's what, that's what you like a locks are. Do you have anything that you say absolutely either this game or any game in the NFL this week? Um, you know, for this game particularly, I think, I think Leonard Fournette gets the go, gets going. And I think the bucks will, I think this is the game he crosses a hundred yards rushing. 
Um, okay. I, I, you know, I just see them feeding the beast. You, you have an opportunity against a weak te- team that's against the run. Uh, you know, your your quarterback has got an injured thumb, whether it's sore, whether it's not, um, you know, that bad, whatever the case may be. Um, I I think that they can uh, that they'll they'll utilize the run as much as they can. Uh, another uh, lock of the week. Let's go with a game. Uh, an upset or you like a lock, right? Let's go with mm-hmm. um, let's go with the Broncos beating the Raiders. <laughs> Hate to pick on that organization right now, but there's just so much. Going now on. there's deserving. Actually, I I want to touch base just real quick because I got I know you have to get rolling in a second. What's the what's the vibe down there? Why were they? You know, they were very quick to to remove John Gruden from the Ring of Fame. Um, what uh what's the vibe down there right now about that specific topic? You've got you've got people on both ends, you know. Um, right. The, the the Buccaneers are such an organization that's you know that's pushed for inclusion. You look at their staff, female coaches, uh, you know, minority coaches at every position, uh, you know, throughout the. Their field reporter is a female. Their uh, you know social media director is a female. One of their owners is a female. I think part of it was because of. Um, you know, you, you just can't have that when you're winning awards for inclusion. Another part right. of this is um, He also had, they also have a, a statue of him, a pewter statue of him inside Advent, uh, one buck place or Advent training center health facility um, with the rest of the guys on defense after they won. I expect that to be removed as well. Um, and, and Gruden will be out of football for the rest of his life. And, you know, rightfully so. Yep. so those things, whether they're set in, in person, whether they're set on emails, text messages, whatever, there's no place in the society for it. We're moving forward as a society. The younger, the younger we get, um, you know, the, the older the younger people get, the more you know we learn and and the more that we're trying to implement things that way, the way we grew up. We didn't grow up in you know those 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 times, and 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 we're trying to get all these, you know, older. older people. So it's time for change. And uh, some people just have a hard time dealing with that, but uh, they did the right thing. Um, I have no issues with it. I actually applaud it. Uh, some people are, you know, rightfully upset about it, you know, in their own mind, whatever they, they think, but whatever, you know, those people can be upset. Well, there you go. Well, like I said, uh, we, we appreciate you coming on again. JC Allen at JC Allen NFL. He is a Bucks beat writer for the pewterreport.com. JC, anything else you want to plug? Uh, before we let you go on your, um, what is it? Your media tour of the Philadelphia podcast agencies. Um, Cause you are just, I know you said you were going back to back. I appreciate you uh, making some time for us as finding me. Anything you want to plug? Absolutely. I love being on here. I love talking to you guys. I love the, you like a lock. Uh, you know, yeah, I've got four Philly uh, podcasts So make sure you listen to all of them tonight. Uh, but <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, follow me on Twitter at JC Allen NFL, uh, follow Pewter Report. We've got some great coverage on the game. And I think it's always great too to know your opponents, know football, you know, I'm a football junkie. So I want to know as much information about every team, about everything going on as, as, as I can. So it's great. But other than that, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully guys will get an always sunny. The gang meets Tom Brady in this matchup after this. He had his own music queued up. I love it. <laughs> I love it. You gotta love um, it. So, again, JC, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we're going to say go birds as we continue our show. But, you know, do what you got to do with your bucks. I just want them to have fun. That's all. <laughs> I, I just hope both teams have fun. <laughs> just, My wife has that on a T-shirt, on actually. <laughs> all right. Thanks, guys. <laughs>
All right, JC, thank you. Um, all right. So again, Johnny, he, he gave us a lot of information and I know Jeff's hanging out in the green room whenever he's ready to pop into that. Oh, hello, Jeffrey. How are you? Uh, so Jeffrey, let's start with you. JC dropped a lot of information. Uh, what you, what was your takeaways from what he shared with us? Yeah, he, dude definitely knows his stuff. So uh, great to have him on, give us his insight. But uh, basically the big thing is, especially on the defense side of football for the Eagles, they have a lot of talent they're going up against. This this Bucks team, I, I know the past couple of uh, games with Kansas City and Dallas, we went up against some fire yeah. high-powered offenses. It doesn't get much easier this week. And with the, trip, uh, the trio of wide receivers that they have, it, it's going to be a tough task for this Eagles defense. See, the, the, the thing about looking at this Tampa Bay offense and what Jonathan Gannon is going to do with their defense, because they changed up a little bit last week. They didn't do just zone. They didn't. They kind of did a couple of different things. They had a couple of blitzes, stuff like that. They're going to have to do some different things against this. You can't just sit in zone against Tom Brady because he's going to absolutely pick you apart, and they're going to go right down the field, and they're going to score. They may score anyway because their offense is just so high-potent and high-powered. I think – I think the defensive side of the ball for Tampa Bay is where if they don't get home with their pressure, they're going to have a really, really tough time with, you know, the Eagles offensively because that secondary is not good at all. You thought Kansas City secondary was bad. If they don't get pressure, they don't get home. I think that they're going to have a lot of issue. And the, if the Eagles want to even be in this game, they're going to have to score points. Unfortunately, that's just, they're not going to be able to stop Tampa Bay. They, they got to do something. They, they have to do something. And I know we've had a lot. We are, the great comments are already been rolling and we appreciate you. We appreciate the sharing out on the social medias. Um, a reminder that, you know, Twitter is still being kind of stupid, stupid in the face. We don't appreciate Twitter not doing what we need it to do. Uh, so watch on Facebook and YouTube if you want to get your comments in. Um, the thing that I think is really important is we're talking about another team that defensively is beat the hell up. You know, the Chiefs defensively were beat the hell up. The Panthers defensively were beat the hell up. The Cowboys defensively were beat the hell up. And we are struggling to attack those weaknesses, attack those injuries. I'm actually concerned that we're not even going to run the ball even one time this week because we can look at it already and go, well, the Buccaneers are really good at stopping the run already. And, oh, what's that? They're weaker in the secondary. So let's just throw... 60, 65 times with Jalen Hurts. I mean, that's my biggest concern right now is that they're actually going to overcompensate for the injuries to the Buccaneers secondary. But if you watch the game last week, my, what Miami did was, of course, they weren't going to be able to run the ball. Not many teams can run the ball against the Bucs. But they used Miles Gaskin as a receiver. And he had a bunch load of receptions and stuff like that. But the thing is, they're going to be missing Levante David. So Kevin Minter is going to be in there with Devin White as the, as the linebacker. Do the Eagles deploy a Miles Sanders and Kenny Gainwell in terms of screen game, stuff like that? You know, there's different things that they're going to have to try to do. Um, Bauer, so I agree. I agree with your comment. I think Sirianni outstarts himself with the play calling. Yeah, they, they try and do way too much. And this week you're going to be down Dallas Goddard, Right. So Zach Ertz has got to step to the one. Jack Stoll's going to have to step to the two because, you know, uh, we don't have any other tight ends. So now you're relying, You're going to say, oh, we definitely can't run the ball now because also Lane Johnson's not going to play. So what, Mylotta's playing right tackle again? That didn't work. 
I just I, I'm finding myself very frustrated with the already we are smarter than everybody else in the room mentality that Sirianni seemingly brought with him. I don't think Mylata was absolutely terrible. Yeah, he missed the block, but it was on a, it was on a silent count. It's different. And Trey Thomas mentioned it. It's different when you're on the opposite side and you're doing a silent count like that. So he, unfortunately, yeah, but he had some good moments. Andre Dillard is having. Very good moments on the left Diller's side. Dillard's been good. I'll be the first so, to say it. Dillard's been good. So my thing, my worry is, it's not my lot. It's not Dillard. My worry is Jack Driscoll having to play up against Vitave and, and Dominican Sue. Yeah. Because yeah, he's he's play, he's he's an okay player, but the problem is he's not that big. And like a, a player like Nate Herbig, who's 325 pounds, or a Jack Driscoll, who is 305, 310 pounds. You know, Vitave and Dominican Sue are massive defensive linemen who can get up the field. And you saw in week one, Vitave took uh, Dallas center via dish and threw him all the way back into Prescott's lap. So uh, that the interior wise, in terms of the interior of your offensive line, is a little bit worrisome because of the the mammoth size that uh, Tampa Bay has. But I, the the offensive line is going to be. It's going to be a focal point because that Tampa Bay pass rush is so potent. I, Jason, I think that very well may be possible because he is just not being allowed to touch the ball. Jeff, I know we talked about this on our post-game show. Do you see mm-hmm. any type of change coming with the way that the play calling has been? Or is this what we are getting, a team that is just – abandoned the run entirely or they are selling us that fake bill of goods of the RPO is the run. I I hope there's adjustments, but this, this might not be the game to really focus those adjustments on, especially the run game. I, I kind of feel that this game might be one of those games where it might get ugly early, depending on how our execution is, especially offensively. If we're kicking field goals or we, or we get down big early, like we did in that Dallas game, it's almost a guarantee that the run game is going to go out the window. So I, I I wouldn't buy that for this week, maybe just because of the situation that they are in. I do see the Eagles, like Johnny brought up, the defense side of football for the uh, Buccaneers being baked, banged up, and they are vulnerable. So I do expect us to be able to move the football. But once again, it's that red zone efficiency. If we can punch it in, I, I hope we commit to the run game, get Miles Sanders involved. Enough with this, the bubble screens every single oh play. Oh, my God. It's so bad. Or just the, the screen game in general. Because even that way, you're becoming one-dimensional. Opposing defenses are, are spying it out. It's, you're not going to be productive. And then you are putting yourself in second, third, and longs, which makes it even more difficult for a young quarterback to come out of. It, it just it blows my mind, like you said, that it's the running head first into a brick wall over and over again. And we've learned that you need some sort of balance. And they did the RPO thing the Super Bowl season, and then they kind of moved away from that. I mean, I just I want to call and again, we're we're coming off of a week where we actually won, you know, and all three of us predicted a win. All three of us predicted a win, which was, you know, it was it was nice, guys. I, I felt the togetherness. I felt the togetherness. Johnny, you didn't really get a chance to share your thoughts on the win. You weren't on the post game. Talk about your week five uh, reactions from what you saw. You know, the defensive 
the defense played really well. Three turnovers and a block punt, so technically four turnovers. They played really well. They kept the Eagles in that game because the offense was not 100%. Wasn't doing much of anything. But again, we've talked about it that, you know, finding ways to win. They found a way to win. Yeah, it may not have been a pretty way, but a it win. was not. In the, in the NFL, a win is a win. And I saw a bunch of former players mention it and say it. Uh, they could care less, you know, playing the ball. They care less how fans feel about a win or they may felt good. As a football player, you want to win the game and you find a way to win. You win the game and you get in that win column. I understand it wasn't pretty. They didn't blow a team out, but you played a, a good football team. Carolina is not a pushover. No. They are, they are a good football team, but you were able to take advantage and turn them over, get pressure, which I thought that was the, the – the best sign was watching the defensive lineman other than Hargrave get pressure on the quarterback and something that we've wanted to see, or we hope to see, you know, Ryan Kerrigan got a tackle. He finally got on the stat sheet and that was surprising there, but Fletcher yeah. Cox, you know, doing, you know, getting some pressure on the, on the quarterback, Derek Barnett. I saw we had a comment earlier about Derek Barnett actually doing something uh, positive, yeah. positive, not negative, positive, um, you know, Josh Sweat, doing some stuff as well. You know, they, they need to be able to do that, to be in games. But of course it, it's the struggle. Part of it is watching the defense play well and the offense not play well, or watching the offense move the ball and the defense can't stop anybody. So it, it's, it's tough. And it was funny because, you know, listening to Merrill on the way home and stuff, he was talking yeah. about, he's talking about Carolina is like a hot knife through butter right through the, the beginning of that game with the running game with Chuba Hubbard and, you know, just running the ball and running the ball and running the ball and just right through um, the Eagles defense. But it just felt like it felt like there you watching that game and you're just like um, another one of these, you know, not going to be able to do anything. The defense finally doing something for you, but you can't get anything going. And then at the end of the game, you're able to get two touchdowns and you're able to win the game. And then you're able to – luckily, they took Miles Sanders out because he didn't know how to drop inside. Oh, my God. And kept going out of bounds, able to close the game out and not give the ball back to uh, Carolina. Um, and, again, I know we've, we've – we, we look every single game with a microscope on Jalen Hurts. And Absolutely. Say he's, say he's not the guy this week. He's not – maybe he can be – and – he found a way to win this game. He made a couple really, really good plays to be able to win this game. I I look at Jalen Hurts' performance, and I saw what his leadership guided this team to. Quarterback play wasn't – I mean, look, he, he threw the ball a lot, and almost every one of his throws was underthrown. Look, if he had hit Quez Watkins in stride, that's a six. That is a touchdown. Quez Watkins had to come to almost a complete stop because of another underthrown ball. However, if we look at it only that way, then we don't see the progression. Jalen Hurts was horrendous in the first half of that game. And the play calling was horrendous. It was bad. It was really, it didn't allow him to be successful. And I think that's something that we have to talk about more is that the play calling is not allowing for Jalen Hurts to find success in the NFL. He is still a young quarterback, and him throwing the ball 55, 60 times a game is not what is going to be good for him. 
And yet that's what the decision is being made. So looking at the entire team, Jalen Hurts eventually leads this team to a victory that they have no business being in. And like you look at the offensive line, Jalen Kelsey had one of his worst games of his career as an Eagle. And like Jason saying here, anyone, look, I can't throw that pass, but the fact that he even caught the snap shows how, how shows out how athletic he really is. So I think that there is a lot to say for Jalen Hurts and his progression. But for me, it comes down to the coaching not putting these guys in position to win. Miles Sanders not touching the ball, especially this week. If Miles Sanders doesn't touch the ball, I don't give a crap about carries versus catches. You're down Dallas Goddard. Jalen Rager has been shown to be in a, a complete and total bust. So far, he is shown to be a complete and total bust. Quez Watkins has far surpassed him. If you do not get the ball to Miles Sanders enough, you are setting this team up for failure. But you talk about put Sirianni putting him in a good position. It, it goes both ways. It's, it's an execution standpoint on the player and the coach. Because there was also a play there where Quez Watkins was absolutely wide open and he didn't throw to him. So it you can look and say he's not putting the guys in the right position. It's not the play calling. Yes, there's a that's a little bit of an aspect. But it's also the aspect of what the player is doing on the field and what they're seeing as well. So it, it goes both ways. When you have a young quarterback who is going to miss reads, young quarterbacks do that. I can give you young quarterback time in and time out. Look at a guy in Buffalo. You know, a lot of people made fun of me last year when I said Buffalo was going to, you know, was going to win the Super Bowl. Now they didn't do that, but Josh Allen has been taking steps and a lot of it is coaching, but also it's on the player as well. It's, it's, it's both, both, you know, and that's what makes good quarterbacks and good coaches. When you have that connection between right now, it's, you know, they're new. They're both, learning each other so you're gonna you're gonna have growing pains and we knew that we know that going into this game game in and game out it's his ninth started game the ninth game that he's started right you know other quarterbacks get a tunnel leeway you see a lot of quarterbacks oh because he's a first round pick he's a first round pick you know lamar jackson was a borderline first round pick 32nd if he didn't didn't trade with the eagles he would have been a second round pick letting these players grow well, the difference in that, too, is those franchises, they know that those guys are their quarterbacks going forward. We are in a different position with the amount of arsenal that we have with the picks, with the first-rounders next year, that we might be able to upgrade if Jalen Hurts is not the answer or doesn't live up to being a possible franchise quarterback. Right. So it's a little bit different comparing him just because he's a second-round pick. It's not so much that. I'll say I don't care what round that you are. As long as you can play football, that's all that matters, and you show us those franchise uh, attributes and tendencies that you expect from a franchise quarterback. That's all that matters, but which we, we have seen some of, but we also seen a lot of negative too, when it comes to Jalen. But also you look at the quarterbacks coming out, you have Jalen hurts for another. Oh yeah. The, how many more years? They the, suck is, <laughs> the, the problem is you go and you draft a quarterback and this quarterback, you know, shows a little promise and then it isn't anything. Then you got to draft another quarterback. You're getting into a position where you're trying, you're hoping you hit where you're the Cleveland Browns. You can say where you're the Cleveland Browns, which how long did it take for them to finally hit on someone? I personally, I don't like any of the quarterbacks coming out of the draft. I don't like, you know, watching them. I, I, I just don't think you need to spend a super high pick 
on any of these guys. I, I just don't feel that but, it's worth it. And, and I, this I, whole, his arm, oh, he needs he needs the strongest arm. He, he's not putting it – that's the biggest balloon because you don't need a strong arm to be a talented quarterback. Right. You don't. It, I, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I think that, you know, we are really good at not getting ahead of ourselves. Look, we know – what this season is for Jalen Hurts. I don't want to even think about drafting a quarterback. I don't even want to think about it yet. It is week six of a season that is entirely dedicated to is Jalen Hurts the guy. I don't want to, I don't want to even consider drafting any of these guys. Jalen Hurts needs to improve, but the difference between, if I'm just comparing two Philadelphia athletes right now, the difference between a guy like Jalen Hurts and Ben Simmons is Jalen Hurts takes the criticism and makes the adjustments. Ben Simmons takes the criticism and runs away. So I think that Jalen Hurts will continue to improve, will continue to get better. That's why, for me, I look long and hard at the coaching staff. And look, my, my wife got on me about this. I'm watching this game, and I'm watching the first half against the Panthers, and I go, I don't – this could, if it continues like this, be a one-and-done year for Sirianni. And then they come back and they win. And I'm like, all right, but it had nothing to do with Sirianni. It had to do with the fact that Jalen Hurts willed them there. I don't think they're going to get rid of Nick Sirianni after one year. I just don't. Um, unless they don't win another game this season, in which case you're going to have that conversation. But look, I just wonder if they got to change the way that they're doing things with Nick Sirianni. Because right now, this team is so hot or cold. And I know they're a young team and I know they're a four-win team. I know, I know all of the things. But there is the play calling. I'm right back to the same thing. This this play calling is inexcusable. Jeff, am I am I am I right to phrase it that way? Like, what are you seeing? What what would you do differently that Nick Sirianni and company aren't doing besides run the ball? Well, that's sort of it. The, a balanced offensive attack. You need to keep opposing defenses on edge. You you can't continue to just pass, pass, pass 40, 50 times with a quarterback that you, you need to take a lot of pressure off of. That, that's the big thing. You, you can't rely on Jalen Hurts like like uh, Jason Robb earlier, basically play hero ball for a guy that still needs time to develop as a quarterback. We, we need to see more of this the training and the developing from this coaching staff, especially for a lot of this young talent that we're still unsure whether they're going to be back next year or not. So we definitely need to work on developing and evaluating our talent a little bit more to try to bring out their uh, their strengths and, and hide their weaknesses a little bit better. I think they're using – they're putting way too much on Hertz's plate. And yep. it, it, Agreed. It's, it's Agreed. Evident. It's evident when you, you know, you watch the game and you see that. And, you know – I just think they have to kind of – you have to run the ball. You have to make defenses honest because you run the ball, you're going to make the RPO a lot more effective. I'm so tired of that phrase. <laughs> I'm, I'm so tired of that phrase. Well, RPO. Run pass option. I know. I mean, well, all, come on. I'm just saying, you know, a lot of teams use it. It's not just them – but not, but not like 30% of your play calls. And, and yet Jalen has experience doing it in college. It's a lot different than trying to do it in college and in the pros. The NFL game is a lot quicker. These guys are a lot, lot smarter. 
and uh, it, it, it's not it can't, you can't run it as much as they do. I was like, you just become way too predictable. Basically, all someone's gonna have to do is spy Jalen Hurts on almost every on almost every play. Let me ask you this: It works for the Ravens, and you're gonna say, "Oh, because Lamar Jackson." But Lamar Jackson had a lot of issues passing the ball. He looked pretty good on Monday night. It, it all depends on how you deploy. It's how you deploy the run pass option. It's not just a basic. It's how you put the players in the positions, which Baltimore does. If you watch Baltimore's offense and how they put their players in the position, what the Eagles need to do is they need to run the ball, but they also need to use their running backs in other ways to make mismatches, which yeah. they're not doing. And the thing is, if they're able to do that, it's going to make Jalen Hurts so much more dangerous to be able to put Kenny Gainwell as a mismatch on a linebacker or put Miles Sanders and you're doing all these different things with the tight ends, using the middle of the field with your tight ends, with Zach Ertz and with Dallas Goddard, and to be able to go deep and keep defenses honest and go deep with Quez Watkins because he has that deep speed. And it's about keeping defense honest, but also about confusing. And I feel like they get into that where they try and be super cute and it just yep. goes way, way overboard. Because look at look at the beginning of the game, you know, the basically the first quarter, first quarter and a half, all those screen passes, you're not confusing anybody when you do it time and time and time again. And you're you know, you're neglecting portions of the offense which you should be using. And I feel like that's what a lot of people are being are really frustrated at. And you know, and you can hear it, you can see it, you know, people will the fans will boo, the fans will let you know. But well, the link will be empty on Sunday because they don't, they play on Thursday. But. Yep. No, I, I think that Jason makes a good point here where we did talk about on our, on our preview show how many running backs we had and for what. And it was funny because I was on my time hop today, right? So for those of you old heads who don't know out there listening or watching, time hop is a compilation of everything you've ever posted on all your social medias. Um, and it's like, hey, two years ago, hey, four years ago, and it goes back through. Well, one year ago, Le'Veon Bell was a free agent, right? One year ago, Le'Veon Bell was a free agent, and I wrote an article basically saying the Eagles are not going to sign Le'Veon Bell, so everyone needs to shut up because we already have six running backs in our room. And we don't run the ball. One year later, how many running backs do we have in our room? How often do we run the ball? And it's with a different head coach. Nothing is different. And as Adam's saying here, nothing is different. We have got the same offense, the same defense that we had a year ago. We just got them for cheaper, non-Super Bowl winning contracts. Uh, I wouldn't say it's the same defense. It is. It is. They're still playing 100 yards off the ball. They're still not blitzing. You just have some better players, right? Javon Hargrave is playing better. Darius Slay had his best game. Steven Nelson is a better corner than anybody they had. Anthony Harris was a better safety in theory than a lot of safeties they had. Eric Wilson was a better linebacker than a lot. On paper, this team is naturally better, but the play calling for the defense is identical to what Schwartz did. Uh, I disagree there because they adjusted and last week they played a different defense than they've been playing previous weeks. Plus, they also did a little bit of maneuvering and switching up which jim rarely did which davion taylor played a lot more snaps 34 percent of the snaps um 
You saw his role expand. You saw T.J. Edwards play a little bit more. You saw less of the other guys. Avery played as well. You played a little bit. And that's one thing I want to see. I want to see guys like T.J. Edwards and a guy like Davion Taylor, which let's see what he can do because what you're getting out of Alex Singleton, because I was was very close to – you know, blowing a gasket, seeing him hit um, DJ Moore when he was gave up, gave himself up and sitting on the ground. He lunges right into his face. You know, the stupidity of some of the players when they're on the field is very baffling. But I want to see guys like TJ Edwards, Jannard Avery, and Davion Taylor let these guys play because unfortunately, right now, the linebackers that you had right with Eric Wilson and Singleton, they weren't three down linebackers. And we know that. And that's why I want to see some rotation, some of the things there. And I want to see the pass but rush. Just, those but just rotating isn't making your defense better. It's not a drastic enough change over what we already had. It's, it's just using it more players. If, it's making it better if you're able to, you know, go up against what the offense is giving you. You want to rotate because you want to put the best players out there that's going to fit whoever, whatever they're throwing out there. To play Eric Wilson and Alex Singleton all the time, no matter what players are on the field, is not what you want to do. You want to put Davion Taylor, who is supposed to be a speedier, faster linebacker, to be able to run sideline to sideline, which Eric Wilson and Alex Singleton are not. So right. that that's what I'm kind of saying is the adjustment aspect of switching things up. And the one player I want to give credit to on the defense side of the ball that – I'm going to give credit because I, I didn't really want to see him on the team is Avante Maddox. Avante Maddox has played very well since switching back to the slot. He, he has, hasn't been a problem. Let's put it that way. He made, he made a good, good play on Sunday. He's not, he's not being dumb penalties. He's not being, Oh, he made another blown coverage. He's playing very well as a third corner, a slot corner where he belongs. He's not being put on the outside where he was last year. I, I I tend to agree, um, but he also he's not. This season hasn't gone up against a guy like Antonio Brown, like like JC Allen said he was going. I mean, this is this is the test this week. Um, but again, I just I'm moving into this game and kind of moving now into this this upcoming week. There's a lot to go over. I, I personally don't necessarily think that there is a way that the Eagles win this game. Yes, I know there's all the intangibles. I mean, I know we're going to get to our picks in just a, a couple of minutes. Um, but is there any, and Jeff, I'll start with you. Is there any glaring reason why the Eagles will win on Thursday night? When in the turnover battle, that, that that's basically about okay. it. I like uh, that. I like that. That's a solid reason. Especially as you saw last week, they were getting in their groove. They were able to force some uh, some plays, but there's a big difference between Tom Brady and Sam Darnold. So, so t- Tom Brady, there's a slight, it's slight, <laughs> slight difference. But uh, <laughs> they, they definitely have to. Uh, the defense definitely has to set up the offense in a lot of short fields and great field position, and the offense needs to take advantage of that. that that's the one thing that they somewhat lacked last week is punching it in for touchdowns and taking advantage of the position that uh, their defense set up for them. So that, that's probably about the only way I see them winning this football game or or winning the time of possession. They, they need to run the ball, te- keep Tom Brady off the field, 
uh, and uh, try to punch in for touchdowns as much as possible on their drive so they don't keep on giving Brady and that offense opportunities to score points. We will not be – I don't know. We guys be, we're not going to be at the tailgate, unfortunately. I don't even know what tailgate uh, Tomorrow night? No, I'll be teaching a college class. Yeah. <laughs> it's the final night want- of the course. I just wanted to answer the question. He had a question. No, it's a good question. On there. Um, um, yeah, I, I agree. Pressure on you know, Julio has a good comment. Pressure on Brady. We know that if you if you can get to Tom Brady and knock him on his ass, then he will uh, he will start making dumb decisions with especially the ball. Pr- pressure up the middle. Pressure yep. up the middle is always something. And you have guy like Cox and Hargrave that if you're able to disrupt in the turnover battle, what Jeff said was absolutely 100 percent right. So if we ram Cox up the middle, then Tom Brady will struggle. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> you need to go upstairs. No, that was that was the comment of the night right there. It was came from uh came from elsewhere. All right, it is time. Ready, check this out. It's time for the new Lecca locks of the week. Who's your lock? I don't know, Johnny. Why don't you break down what happened last week? Julio, I'm glad you like that joke. I don't know why you're getting all excited because you were wrong last week. Oh, 100%. Talk to me about it. What I predict. So you had Tampa Bay win by 10, which they did, and you had Brady over 300 yards, which happened. But you had Miami under 250 yards of offense. They had over 300 yards of offense, so you were wrong. Maybe you shouldn't have did a three-parter. Maybe you should have just did a two-parter. But to be fair, you got to respect the gamble. You got to respect the gamble. I don't respect anyone that when we give an Excel sheet, they pick the wrong <laughs> thing on the Excel sheet. Mr. Teacher. I did it on my phone and my fat fingers couldn't quite access it the right way. Well, no. maybe we've accidentally the wrong team. We'll let it slide because I'm pretty sure no one in the, in the right mind would pick the Dolphins yeah. over the Bucks. So, but it's if fine. It's, I fixed I fixed the a, numbers everywhere else. <laughs> if it's a 50-50 game and you mess it up, I'm sorry. We're keeping it. 100%. And I don't worry. I did it on my computer tonight, so I know it was right. I could actually see it. Cool. Um, so, Johnny, was it, talk about the other uh, the other hosts. You like the locks. How do we do? I was wrong. Uh, I had Baltimore having five sacks and two fumbles. They had two sacks and one fumble. So that was, again, wrong. Um, I don't know where I wrote down Jeff's. I don't know if he remembers his. I had a, I had Miles Sanders over f- twenty touches on the game, which he did. Oh uh, yeah, that's right, that's right. Okay, which we know that didn't happen. Um, that did not. That did not happen. Did Jeremy have a good pick on the Ulaka lock? He did not do the Ulaka locks. All right, so um, we were all wrong. Al, Al Wallace, his was Anderson, a couple deep balls catches, which he didn't have. So that's um, true. Yo, Robbie Anderson was shut down. Yeah. So it's good to know that the you like a lock segment has been fully unlocked because we are shitty at this. Super shitty at this. Hey, it's a prediction. You never know. But it's supposed to be a lock. It's not a prediction. It's, it's a lock. Well, you know, we have a spreadsheet that's an easy you just drop down. You know, so let's get yeah, start getting some you like a locks. Jeff Warner, what's your you like a lock of the week? My you like a lock of the week is that Jalen Hurts outshines Tom Brady this week with more passing yards and more touchdown passes. Sorry, more more touchdowns in general because Jalen Hurts does bring uh, the dual threat factor. So more touchdowns and more passing yards than Tom Brady. Wow. Um, hmm. Okay. I'm probably wrong, but I'll just go with it. I mean, I'd like you to not be wrong. I'm going to be honest. I'd appreciate yeah. it if you were super right. Uh. Sir, Sir Jonathan. No, you're going to go. Like a lot. Oh, I'm going to go. Okay. You're going to go. 
I am looking at this Rams-Giants game because the Giants are beat the hell up and they were bad to begin with. The Rams put up at least 45 points on the Giants. Just a one-parter this week, gentlemen. Just (laughs) one-parter. Don't get too cocky. Yeah. I was two out of three. Meatloaf said that ain't bad. No, you still lost. You're supposed to lock is supposed to be everything, everything right. I'm sorry. How many of you like a locks have you gotten right this year? Total. It doesn't matter. This segment's named after me. So it really doesn't matter. All right, so, so what's your uh, keggy keyhole pick of the week? <laughs> that sounds very sexual. I don't really know. Super dirty. Super dirty. Um, my lock of the week. I'm going to go with this game as well. I'm not going to. Um, cause I know I'm going to be wrong. So, um, I'll go with this game and just get it over with, but I think Tom Brady is going to throw at least two interceptions. Ooh. Ooh. Do you want to double down and say who they're going to be thrown to? No, <laughs> no, I do not. Thanks for letting me play. And it's definitely a uh, bold prediction because Tom Brady only has two interceptions all season so far. So, but on Thursday nights he struggles. That's a... absolutely. So, hopefully, I'm the, right. The Eagles are also undefeated on uh, on six Thursday. and zero the last six. Thir- see, six and zero last six Thursday nights. I love and looking at numbers. Those, stat, those stats are pointless. The Eagles have played crappy teams on Thursday night pretty much almost all the time. So. It's mostly the Giants. It's been the last how many years? The Giants, they played Thanksgiving against the Cardinals the first year. They, they've been playing against some crappy teams. All right. So but going down to our predictions now. Right. So our game, we want to do – our NFL predictions and then our game predictions. How do you want to do this? Cause we're not at the West end this week. So we actually have to do the whole shebang. Oh, we are. What do you mean? NFL right. predictions? When do we do NFL predictions? We do. Our we lives. don't, but we said we like to share our records and I know I would like to share my record uh, this week. Well, we can like share the records. All right. So I updated it. So I have all the numbers, right? Johnny was 13 and three last week, bringing him to 57 and 23 on the year, which is really good. Good job. Uh, I was 15 and one on the week with half of a typo, making me 54 and 26. The wife was also 15 and one last week. So I don't know what, I don't know what happened over here. Um, (laughs) Jeremy Bridges was 11 and five. He was, he's now 53 and 27 and Jeffrey at 13 and three is 50 and 30 on the year. Hey, I'm creeping up, creeping up. So. Our official predictions for this game. Johnny, I'm going to start with you. All right. So, of course, we know with Tampa Bay, we know their defensive back situation. We know the Eagles like to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, I like what Jeff said in his you, you like a lock, how Hertz is going to more passing yards and more touchdowns. Um, you know, he's going to have a good game. Tom Brady, like I said, I feel he's going to have a couple interceptions. Um but I think Tampa Bay wins 27-24. Okay, Jeffrey. I I, I kind of agree it's going to be a close game. I feel this ain't the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that won the Super Bowl last season. They, they definitely, even without the injuries, 
have shown that they can be beat. There's a lot, there's some flaws on this team, especially on the defense side of the football. The fact that they have had struggled getting after the quarterback, uh, even though we're banged up uh, with our offensive line with the mobility of Jalen Hurts, I feel he can make some plays. And uh, they're trying to get in that groove with Quez Watkins and with Devontae Smith. I'm hoping they use Miles Sanders, but I, I just feel that Tom Brady is just too much to handle. And the, the fact that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, even though they're, they have flaws, they're the more deeper team. And I feel the fact that they are a deeper team and a more well-coached team is going to be the difference in this football game. I do have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beating the Eagles uh, 31-24. Okay. Good stuff. Um, I think that offensively the the Bucks are gonna they're gonna put up a ton of points because we've seen what happens with teams that are offensively heavy, what they do to Jonathan Gannon's defense. So I think that the Bucs are gonna put a lot up a lot of points. I do think the Eagles are gonna have actually a pretty good point output as well, though, just simply due to the fact that there are so many injuries for Tampa Bay. I have the Bucks winning as well. 45 to 31. Very high scoring game. Not a defensive matchup at all. Um, and I know we have some other scores popping in left and right. Um, Julio says 34 to 21 Philly. I think there was a couple other ones all throughout there. But again, I think that all the intangibles could lead to a victory. There you go. Jason saying 35, 24. I think it could lead to a Philadelphia victory. I just don't think it will. Um, and there's positivity. Adam saying 34 to 31 Eagles. So it all comes down to Jake Elliott's kicking foot. Hey, he had a nice long one on uh, Sunday. So he, he did. And I actually forgot to include that into my grade book. So I think I do, uh, Dave and I were talking, I think I do need to, you know, correct a grade because I did not factor that in for the special teams category. Um, and Mike Bauer, Bucks 30, Birds 24. So apparently I am just the only one who really thinks the Eagles are going to get their tails kicked in. And I can live with it. And on that note, let's talk about our wonderful sponsors. So first off, thanks to JC Allen for joining us uh, from the Pewter Report down in Tampa Bay. We appreciate him. He did a great segment. So if you came in late, you want to listen back to the first half of the show where he broke down some Tampa Bay-related things, both little picture and big picture. We are sponsored by OddsJam.com. Use their arbitrage calculator to not lose money. We are sponsored by Statement Games, a fun free twist on fantasy sports. We are sponsored by La Terrain Luxury Watches. Use the code AATBIRDS at checkout for 10% off. We, of course, have the AAT Sports Network shop uh, where we have all kinds of fantastic, wonderful, amazing, stupendous designs. So make sure you are purchasing and supporting. And I'm also... With that, I am going to be dropping one uh, probably tomorrow. So keep an eye out. I have a new design I I thought about. So it'll be it'll be dropped tomorrow. A new sponsor, uh, Johnny. Would you like to talk a little bit about FunkBrewing.com? So I talked to them. I sat down with them. They gave me a couple uh, uh, things to try, and one was called Fly. So it is a Eagles beer, uh, I guess you could say. Um, you can find it at funkbrewing.com. Uh, they canned them today. I saw their post. They canned them today. So uh, a well-executed game plan of Citra and Centennial Hop Editions provide maximum tropical and citrus juiciness. No trick plays or lactose required. Uh, well, uh, you know, it, 
7.2%. It's pretty, it's a double IPA. So, uh, but you can find it online at funkbrewing.com. They do deliver, so you can order it and you can receive your uh, four pack of fly. There you go. Funkbrewing.com. Just like the Eagles, nothing to do with runs. Okay. And finally, manscaped.com. Use the code AATBIRDS at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. Your balls will thank you. And we'll be dropping our brand new October Spooky Dookie commercial. Spooky Dookie. Um, that was terrible. Spooky commercial in just a couple of seconds. Um, gentlemen. It's been real. It's been fun. Now, are we doing a post game? I know we were talking about this a little bit. I I, I know it's going to be very late uh, tomorrow night. So, are we planning on doing a post game as I go over the list of shows for the week? If the Eagles win, maybe. If not, we'll worry about it next week. <laughs> Sounds like a plan to me. So, look for that birds victory to talk to the all about the birds team, and then our usual run of things. Uh, are the across the pitch gentlemen doing a show tomorrow with the Eagles game on? No. They're doing so there it is no across the pitch tomorrow. They're doing it Saturday. They are doing it Saturday. So Friday night, we have birds, beers, and BS. Saturday, we have across the pitch. Monday will be chips and dish. And then Wednesday, uh, Tuesday is burning bridges. And then Wednesday, we are right back here to preview the Raiders. Gentlemen, it's been lovely. As we end every show here on the All About the Birds Network, we end it with a very positive and happy Gomers! Here's a commercial about your Halloweeny. Do you know what's spookier than seeing a black cat on Halloween? It's shaving your balls with anything other than manscaped. When it comes to below-the-waist grooming, there's no need to carve your pumpkins this Halloween because Manscaped is here to upgrade your grooming experience. Go from a bite-sized candy bar to a king-sized candy bar. And join the 2 million then worldwide by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code AATBIRDS. Have you ever tried to trim your balls and it turned into a Freddy Krueger film? Well, luckily, Manscaped is here to save the day and make sure you're smelling fresh with their new refined body wash. Fellows, the ladies love their signature scent and it will scare away those vampires. Unlock your confidence with the performance package 4.0. Inside, you'll find the holy grail of men's grooming items. They made it easy for you to upgrade your grooming routine. It's a full moon out, and the bell wolf in your pants is howling. It's time to tackle that problem with the lawnmower 4.0. They are finely tuned pube products. Feature a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. The lawnmower 4.0 is easily the greatest ball trimmer on the planet. Oh, did I mention this trimmer is waterproof too? This trimmer is a shower essential. The performance package 4.0 also includes the Weed Vacker, a total game changer to your men's hygiene arsenal. The Weed Vacker is a nose and ear hair trimmer that provides proprietary skin-safe technology that helps prevent nicks, snags, and thugs in those delicate holes. Seal the deal with Manscaped's liquid formulations, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, and Crop Reviver Ball Toner to make sure your pumpkins stay fresh. Trust me when I say this, fellas, your balls will thank you. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their performance package 4.0. The Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. If you're looking like Wolverine and haven't cut your nails recently, be sure to check into the Shears 2.0 Nail Kit. 
They have a bunch of other life-changing products on their website, so be sure to check it out. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code AATBIRDS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code AATBIRDS at manscaped.com. Say trick or treat to your beautiful new Halloweeny. Manscaped.